0: I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with my wife, Pam Skinner, about how to build a rock-solid marriage. We're going to be leading a three-part series on marriage called Rock Solid. And the first lesson we're talking about today is a rock-solid foundation for a great marriage. We're going to be digging into the Bible and taking a look at what kind of a foundation do you need to build to have a great relationship. And if you already are in a relationship, how do you, how do you make it grow at any age? Join us for rock-solid marriage. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. I'm here with my wife, Pam Skinner. Hello. (laughs) It's great to be together. We are pumped up. It is July 11th when we're recording this and World Discipleship Summit is around the corner. Are you ready for it, babe?
1: Oh, I'm definitely ready. I'm excited. Can't wait.
0: I know. It. I just
1: want to know, honey, how's your class coming? <laughs> you said July 15th. That's in four days. <laughs> Pressure's on. It will get done. It will get done. <laughs> and I know it's going to be amazing.
0: I hope you're excited about the World Discipleship Summit. I hope you're going. I mean, it is going to be an amazing time. I know so much has been put into this. These are always great. I I always tell people, listen, if you're on the fence, just go, because when you go, you'll go, I'm so glad that I went.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I 100% agree. People are going to, it's a life-changing time.
0: Absolutely. You, You don't want to miss it. There's power when a bunch of disciples get together, and you don't want to miss these kind of events even just for talking points that you can say you were there in the future. Like, that was amazing. Remember this lesson it was fantastic.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's going to be
0: great. It's going to be a great time. One of the questions that you've asked me is how to make marriage work. This is a very common question that I get over and over again from people is how to make marriage work, especially people who are aggressive or ambitious in the ministry. They want to serve God and it's tough. It can be a real challenge in trying to make uh, marriage work and and to serve God and to put it all together and really balance it well. Sometimes people do great at work, they do great in the ministry, but their marriage suffers or vice versa. Right. And so that's why I've asked Pam to join me for this three part series on marriage called Rock Solid. So Pam, I'm so again, welcome back to the program. Oh
1: thanks, honey. I'm really excited to be doing this series together.
0: Me too, me too. Pam and I got together in 1989. Wow. That's when I met her. I remember we were at the Prince and Fulton Building in Berkeley, California. I was a bumbling intern back then. And I saw her walk in the back, and I had heard that that this this person had come from Cairo, Egypt. And I spotted her. I could tell, man, I just, boom. She walked through the back doors, and I was like, wow, okay. And I just kind of skip down the, the three steps from the stage and introduce myself and boy I I wouldn't know that just a little over a year later we'd be married.
1: I know it yeah that was an amazing time I'll never forget when I uh, was greeted with the sisters that picked me up at the airport and I really didn't know anything about uh, the church there in San Francisco and uh that's another podcast. I'll have to talk about how I, how I ended up in San Francisco. Um, but I'll never forget, one of the sisters, you know, uh, was picking me up and she said, "Well, you need to meet Rob Skinner. And I was like, really? Why? And she's like, well, he's handsome and he's in the ministry. And I went, oh, okay, those are, those are two really good qualities right there. But uh, so, uh, yeah, I remember meeting you for the first time. At that uh, campus devotional, for sure.
0: I mean, we had tons of devotionals, but I definitely remember that one. very. I I remember what I was wearing. I I remember what you were wearing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh.
0: For me, marriage ties into my relationship with God so deeply because that's one of the things that drove me to God. I came from a big family, six brothers and sisters. I was the baby of six kids. Tons of divorces. I mean of my five older brothers and sisters there have been 11 divorces i mean it's 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 hard it's hard to even imagine but mm-hmm. it's just so sad and growing up seeing that because they're all older than me by the time i got to college i thought wow okay that's going to be me mm-hmm. if i don't make some huge change there's right. there's going to have to be something that changes because i could already get the little preview by my dating relationships that I couldn't really keep them together. I, they would start strong and then quickly burn out. And I thought, man, I'm going to be just adding to that list of, of failed relationships. And so that's why I, I said yes to an invitation to go to a Bible study, is I thought, I want my marriage to work. Mm-hmm. My parents had been married for over 50 years, and they were happy, but I just didn't see it in my brother's and sister's relationships. And so I was looking for a rock solid foundation for marriage, and God helped me to become a Christian and build on the rock. Yeah. And now we've been married third, coming this month, uh, next month it'll be thirty-two years.
1: Wow! I know thirty-two years.
0: Ten, of, the, ten of those we lived overseas, mm-hmm. and I'm happy. I don't know about you, babe, but
1: I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy, sweetie. <laughs> I don't. I don't
0: want to speak for you, but no. I, I mean, this has been thirty-two uh-huh. great years, yes. and. I really do. Just thank God. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's not trite. I just feel like, wow, yeah. this this is a blessing of God. It's what I wanted even before I became a Christian, mm-hmm. and it's what a big motivator for me to seek God, seek the Bible, seek a foundation. And He's blessed me, and I and I I always go back and just say thank you, God, because I know that I wouldn't have what I have unless God were in my life.
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel very strongly uh, that God has brought us together. God's blessed our marriage. I mean, when I think about uh, my own upbringing, I mean, my parents uh, got divorced when I was a senior in high school. And so before I became a Christian, I was just very cynical. I just thought, you know. I'm probably just going to live, or you know, with a bunch of different people. I didn't really have uh, that idea that oh, I'm I'm going to get married. I just thought why when I saw my parents walk away, and um, yeah, definitely wasn't until I became a Christian and saw the great examples in the church, you know. And of course, I'm coming from. You know, gosh, a woman's lib perspective. I don't you want know, to what, you know, submit to a man. Oh, my gosh. You know, and like one of my favorite sayings was, you know, that um, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. You know, that was like, yes, my mantra, you know. <laughs> and so God totally changed my heart and my life. And that really happened as a young Christian. I remember just being surrounded by couples and just seeing women that were really happy in right. their marriages right. and I just thought I want that Me too. I want that and you know going on a mission team to Cairo Egypt it was a small mission team and after a while it became pretty clear that none of us were going to marry each other I mean I can just remember getting on my knees and just begging God God you know I desire this how is this going to happen mm. And he, he heard those prayers.
0: Yeah, well, that's 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 challenging. Yeah, I hope we can come back to that topic. So let's start by the first thing about building on the rock. Building on the rock. If we're gonna have a rock solid relationship, we got to build on the rock, and that's Christ. Building on Christ. So First Corinthians chapter ten and verse four says they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So I think. Without getting too basic, Jesus is he who meets our needs. Right. I mean, he's the one who gives us the water of life and refreshment, and Paul clearly said that, basically, that Jesus is the rock. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's the one that provides what we need. And I think that, clearly, if, if you're listening to this, I, I would guess that you probably already agree with that, that, yeah. that a foundation in Christ is important. But, I mean, for me, I knew for sure. It was like no doubt about it. I was totally convinced I can't have a good relationship unless Christ is the source of my uh, my foundation and and everything that I needed to build a good relationship. And so, in building on that rock, you need to build on Christ's teachings. In Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-four, Matthew seven twenty-four, Jesus said, "Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his, who built his house on the rock." The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Those who build rock-solid marriages, first of all, look to Christ as their source of life and refreshment and secondly they build on Christ's teaching as their foundation and I was so hungry for a, a spiritual foundation and that's why I mean going to a Bible talk I knew I didn't know the Bible when I be before I became a Christian I just grew up in a Catholic Church Bible's not emphasized my mom was definitely not interested in spirituality I remember one time asking her if I could buy a Bible and she said no you know just really strong and so Getting into the Bible was just an amazing foundation for marriage, and it's really provided a lifelong foundation for both of us. What are some signs of a rocky marriage? Well, tension, yelling, lack of patience, constant—you know—one of the things that we've experienced in the last couple of years is just being a lot, lot, spending a lot more time together. Absolutely. I mean, we've spent our ministry years working together, except for the time I was selling real estate in Oregon. I was pretty much, you know, at home. We were working side right. by side, right. but I think with COVID, for many people, it's created challenges of always being together.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, you're right. I mean, we do uh, get to work together in the ministry. That's a real blessing. But with COVID, there weren't, there weren't any other sort of outlets. Right. Mm-hmm. We. We couldn't really spend a ton of time with other people, so I think that really placed an extra burden on just us being together. And so mm-hmm. there was there was more tension. Um, I definitely remember that because we're just trying to figure out how to navigate how to in the ministry how do you do things during this time. And uh, I I can definitely remember just more tension than than normal. You know, just uh, not having a, a ton of patience because. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a, a lot of a lot of pressure. There's just a, a lot of challenges that we we're both going through.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. And one of the things that's really important that one one of the best books I ever read, and I think we both read mm-hmm. on marriage, is John Gottman's book, uh, Seven Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Yes. It's a great, great book. book. Definitely yeah. the best book I've ever read. Yeah. there's a lot of good books out there, but this is by far the best. And he talks about what are the signs of a relationship that's headed for divorce. Mm. And he, he did a study in his love lab in Seattle, which I think is so interesting. And he was 91% accurate in predicting divorce. Wow. And he would, he would have people come in for the weekend. He would put all sorts of sensors on their bodies. And then he would have them bring up something that typically would create a fight in their relationship. Mm. And then just watch how they work through that. And He could tell by the way that they dealt with it, whether they're going to make it or not. And and so he came up with what he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And these are signs that if they're in your relationship and are surfacing with frequency, you're headed for divorce. Hmm. And so one of those is contempt. And contempt is sarcasm, rolling your eyeballs, sneering at your partner, laughing at the person, uh, scoffing, those are signs that there's there's trouble, trouble up ahead.
1: Yeah, the second one uh, that he talks about is criticism, you know, where you are attacking the person, you know, not, not just the issue. And the difference between, you know, a complaint and a criticism, you know, and I think that's something that uh, maybe we're going to talk about it more but um i know just early on in our relationship when there were things that needed to be addressed or things that would b- be brought up it, it's really the timing it's really um my words my tone you know if i want to bring something up i, I, I don't want to attack you mm-hmm. want to be able to have a, a good discussion because if right. you attack the person then that person's just shut down
0: right the person can't change who they are right i mean they can change their behavior and that's that's the difference between a complaint and a criticism complaints say hey when you do this 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 really affects me negatively right but that 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 still leaves room for you as a person to be okay right but when you go after the person it's like you know you can't really change who you are exactly and so criticism is definitely uh, one of those how about flooding
1: Flooding, yes. Going past the reasoning side to the primitive side of our brain. Yeah, that's that's interesting, where you're just so flooded with emotions. You can't even think straight. You're right. just, you know, in, in situations like that, I'm sure, you know, people end up saying things, um, doing things that they're, they're really, really going to regret.
0: Right. And this is where, like, you're in, you're in a fight, you're in an argument, and you're just, you can't talk, you can't breathe, you can't think straight. You, you're just emotions are just, it's a flood. It's, right. it's You're not in control anymore, mm-hmm. and you've just gone way over. It's so uncomfortable, and it's for guys especially. The adrenaline starts pumping. There's the right. fight-or-flight um, effect where yeah. you're, it's like you, you, your lower brain takes over. You can't reason with mm-hmm. your front brain anymore, and all of a sudden, it's just breaking down. Right. And then that leads to stonewalling. Hmm. And this is where guys are really big, but it happens both for men and women. And we often call it the silent treatment. Right. And we do that because we don't want a flood. Mm-hmm. We don't want the painful experience of being out of control, those painful feelings. And so we, in order to protect ourselves, we just pull up the silent treatment.
1: Right. Right, It's very, very easy to do. (laughs) Just walk out of the room and say, we're not having this discussion right now. That's right. Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, my gosh. And and there's been times where we've had the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple, I mean, to my shame, I think there's one time I can remember where I just didn't want to talk for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't fun, but Mm-mm. I just did not want to be the first one to just to break the silence. But I was so mad. Right. I can't even remember what it was about.
1: But, I can't either, honey.
0: But these are the four <laughs> four things that Gottman talks about yeah. that are, are signs that your relationship is really shaky. Now, we all experience them every once in a while. Sure. But it's when when it's like going on all the time. That's when you know your relationship is on a rocky footing. There's contempt. There's criticism. There's flooding and then there's the silent treatment you know right. and and i talked to, to married couples that essentially they're like business partners
1: mm-hmm.
0: they they get the kids around they get them to their events and activities right. they they communicate but it's on a business level right there's no emotion there's no love there right it's just transactional right it's like basic stonewalling
1: right and that's and that's really sad to see and i think you know if you do find yourself in one of the, in, in these situations i think one of the biggest blessings being a part of our movement is we are involved in each other's lives, right. right? And so you you have a chance to get help, to get other people involved, which, I mean, gosh, has, has been so beneficial for us, <laughs> you know? And uh, <laughs> Thank you. Just a little shout out. Thank you, Bruce and Robin Williams. That's I appreciate right. you guys, you know, helping us out at times. We've, we've needed that. But I hope that... Regardless of where you are in your marriage, maybe you're feeling like everything's great, but we still need people in our lives to help us, I know it. to I know it. call us higher. Um, we can't just feel like, I got this, you know. And uh, But definitely if those things are in your life, man, get, get some help.
0: That's right, that's right. So how are you doing? You know how, how are things going in your marriage? And if you're listening to this, you probably want to improve your marriage or you want to prepare for a better marriage right. or a marriage that's going to work. You might have even gotten into a fight before listening to this. That that happens oftentimes. <laughs> that happens. Like, oh my gosh, I'm look, looking for tips to to making my relationship better or whatever. Right. It all happens. We mm-hmm. all have our weaknesses for sure. Yes. So let's talk about. we the the theme we're talking about is rock solid marriage. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about spiritual stepping stones. Okay. First of all, marriage is temporary. In Matthew chapter twenty two, verse thirty. It says at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now here Jesus says marriage is temporary. Yeah. It's just for this life. Now for some, this is good news. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I hate to say that, but you know, for some marriage, I've run into some marriage couples who are like, okay, well, I can hold on for this life. <laughs> oh, but for others, that's bad. I mean, yeah. I think about My marriage to Pam, I go, man, I want to keep going.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: And I I think about that. But you choose how you live your life and your marriage. Yeah. So let's focus on helping one another get to heaven. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I know
0: one of my things I wrote down on my life list is I want to have a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. I want to have a marriage that lasts. Yeah, me too. And one thing I think about is that um, everything is subject to change. Everything that I hold dear and everyone I love are of the nature to change. Right. And there's no way I can be, I can avoid being separated from them. And I think about that and I think, you know, I can't, at some point I'm going to lose my wife. Right. You know, she's going to lose me first or I'm going to lose her first. I I don't know. But it just makes me, makes me appreciate her so much. Right. And I think it can help your marriage to realize, you know, you got to treat treat each other special you don't right. know how long you're going to have to be together
1: right absolutely i know i feel that way like wow every day is so it's so precious because you really you don't know and you know we've seen um, you know we've known of people where you know the spouse has passed away and right. it, uh, all of a sudden um, i think even going through covid right. you know just makes you go wow Yeah. we're you know we're just we're so vulnerable mm-hmm. you know to um just outside forces and it just makes you go, okay, I, I, I really appreciate, uh, the marriage that God's given me. I I want to be grateful Mm -hmm. for that every single day.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And another stepping stone is that marriage is a gift from God in a dark world. Yeah. In Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse nine, it says, enjoy life with your wife, whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days, For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. I think it's just, I love this passage because Solomon here just shares some awesome advice. He says, man, you better enjoy your life with your wife because she's the gift that God gave you to enjoy during this meaningless
1: life. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, I love, I love that scripture and I feel like uh, that's something that, you know, we've really tried to, to put into practice. Um, and whether you're in the full-time ministry or not, you know, I mean, if you are in the full-time ministry, I just want to say, oh my gosh, what a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. That you get to work with your partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that should be, uh, you know, you should be so excited about that. Um, but if you don't, you know, you're going to have to get creative and do really great things together. But I just, I feel like wow, you know, this is a meaningless life and we have to just decide that our marriage is going to be a priority.
0: Exactly. You know, I, I do run into people from time to time, their marriage is just, doesn't look very fun. Mm-mm. Don't look super happy together. Yeah. And it's sad because the Bible commands, he says, enjoy life with your wife. Right. I mean, enjoy yourself, have fun. Mm-hmm. And marriage, the sexual relationship, the friendship, it's meant to give joy in, in the midst of a situation that is really challenging. Right.
1: Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we're not really talking much about parenting, but, you know, I know that we will share with couples that want to have kids that really the best gift that you can give your kids is a happy marriage Mm -hmm. because, yeah, I mean, we can have a blast together and we do. But boy, it affects the people around you. Your kids are watching. I know it. Are watching your love, watching your interaction. That's just like whoa, that's going to have an impact on their lives. That's
0: right. That's right. So, hey, if you're out there and you're, you're listening to this together for some reason, just just take a second to smile at your wife or your or your <laughs> husband, and just give them a loving smile,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and make sure they know you really appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. What's the next Uh, stepping stone.
1: Marriage takes humility.
0: Oh boy. John chapter eight, verse seven. You want to read that?
1: I'd love to read that. Uh, Yes. John chapter eight, starting verse seven. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Great, great passage. And a great one, especially for marriage. What, what can we learn? Build with stones. Yeah. Don't throw stones. <laughs> you know, build build on the rock, but don't mm-hmm. throw the rocks. Right. You know, you're a sinner too. And yes. uh, we can't directly change our partner. No. But the only thing we really can change is ourselves. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges is that we get caught in, in knots. Mm-hmm. Meaning we... We get into situations where you go, Okay, I'll change, but I'll only change when they when they do this. Yeah. Mm. But they're not gonna do this, so I'm not gonna change. Right. It's like a knot. So right. you you know, you it just gets tighter and tighter mm-hmm. and it just can't get fixed. Right. And I, I run into um, you know, of course it's my job to help people with their marriages. It's one one aspect of it. It's not the primary job, but I do try to help. And I'll run into couples that they're just they're just so knotted up, mm-hmm. and and they're just so mad at the person, right. and can see can literally dissect the person's weakness, the, their partner's weakness, so completely. But they're so stuck because right. they're waiting on the other person to make a change. Right. And and until that happens, they feel like they're they're off the hook. Right. They don't have to make any changes mm-hmm. because. the other partner has to make the changes first and then then they'll think about it right
1: yeah i think this whole point of humility is so important i mean it goes back to what i think we shared earlier just about our relationship with god and how that has to be the foundation of a great marriage and so if i am looking to you you know Hey, super husband, you've got to, you know, meet all my needs. And oh my gosh, you've, you know, you've hurt me or, oh, you haven't been that sensitive or you're not really serving me today. It's like, if my focus is so much on that Mm -hmm. and not on, well, what do I need to change? How am I getting my security from Jesus and realizing that I got a lot to change on my own. And if I'm focused on that and really striving in my own walk with God to realize, okay, I, I got a lot to change, that... When there are times, honey, and I know there they're not a lot, but the times when I'm like, wow, he's he's not as perfect as he you know as he was yesterday or he's making mistakes, then I can be I can have more grace. Mm. I can be forgiving because I'm looking to God yeah. for that and not just to you. I can be humble right. um, and just be willing to um just work together and, right. and overlook those those mistakes
0: exactly exactly and i I think this it's so important to have a a growth mentality and rather than just having a a, a pride pride pride-based relationship where it's like hey i'm i'll change once you change right and and that's never going to work absolutely not so make growth not happiness your goal that's Mm. that's the next stepping stone make growth not happiness the goal of your marriage in Matthew chapter 7, and verse 3, Jesus said, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. Matthew 7, verse 3. Happiness in marriage, I mean, it's it's like the... Holy grail. I mean, everyone wants to be happy in their marriage. I mean, there's billions and billions of dollars spent on seminars and books and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's a tough goal. It's not, it's not really a good goal. I don't think in my mind to have a direct goal to be happy. It's very elusive, right? But because I think that happiness and satisfaction in marriage is a product. Mm. It's a byproduct of personal growth. And it ties into the point we just talked about, yeah. about humility. Yeah. And I, I really believe deeply, I'm convinced that what makes a great friendship uh, is a common purpose or goal for the marriage. Yeah. And I, I know Francis Chan wrote a really good book on marriage that I, I thought was awesome. And he really emphasized this point. I thought he did a really good job that, you know, it it's first seek God and his kingdom first, right. and that's going to be a blessing in your marriage. Right. And, if, if marriage is the end all be all, it it can be a form of idolatry. Right. And you're never going to be fully satisfied.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things I love about our marriage is, you know, I I think early on in our, even in our dating relationship, we realized, you know, that we do see, we we see life through the same window, you know, and, and also our love for coffee is there too. (laughs) Um, But, you know, having having that purpose, you know, where we want to help other people become Christians, we want to make a difference uh, with our lives, we want to make this life count, right? Right. Um, You know, so I think that that has really been just a a foundation that we've been able to build our relationship on.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's what totally attracted me to you initially, besides your stunning good looks (laughs) (laughs) i I gotta say i remember when you walked through the door like whoa she's pretty but just your your mission mindedness i mean Mm -hmm. you'd literally been on the mission to to cairo like i really you know you were living it you Mm -hmm. were doing it Mm -hmm. and i think that relationships where that no longer is the foundation they can they can start to founder they can really start to struggle because All of a sudden, it's like, what, what are, what are we all together here for? Right.
1: And as
0: you get into your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, more money's coming in. Maybe the kids are out of the house. You kind of look at each other and go, "Wow, what, what are we here for? Where's, what are we doing?" Right. Exactly. And maybe the the happiness isn't quite there because the foundation or the purpose has been abandoned. It's our relationship with God and the purpose He gives in our lives that enables the love, and that deepens the relationship. Absolutely. So here's my question for you is, are you growing as a person and as a disciple?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's always a great question. And I know, I mean, I can think back to early on in our marriage, where uh and and maybe we're gonna be talking about this later but just where you wanted to help me you know you wanted to <laughs> get involved in my life that's a really good question am i growing and you know i would love to say that i was just so um eager and receptive <laughs> to all your input and and your advice and your your challenges but i wasn't and there was a lot of pride there that Really hurt hurt our marriage and really stunted my growth, and I had to really face that and realize, okay, I, I gotta, you know, like that point, I'm being humble. Uh, I need to first and foremost be humble to God, but also. Allow you to be able to help me and to train me and not to make it so hard. And so, for the women out there uh, that are listening, I think that's important that you make it easy for your husband to be able to give you input to um, really disciple you. And uh, so, that I know that that was a life changing time for me when you really. Said that I I was not a good disciple to you, and I was like, "That was that was hard." Well, I think
0: there needs to be full disclosure. I mean, talking about humility, I remember when Ed Townsend (laughs) performed our marriage ceremony, and he said, "Rob, I want you to, I want to challenge you to pray every day with Pam." And I remember sitting there, standing there, holding your hands, and thinking to myself, "I'm not going to do that." (laughs) I just remember thinking that to myself, "I'm going to pray every day with Pam." (laughs) oh gosh we we didn't really do that the first couple years and and so what happened was there there was like an increasing gap in our spirituality Mm -hmm. where i i just basically was not discipling you because i thought you're already super strong you're stronger than me spiritually you're older than me spiritually you got it Mm -hmm. you know i'm the one who needs to grow so i just focused on myself and my own growth but then i noticed that there was a gap Right. And so then all of a sudden, a couple of years into my marriage, I'm like, I'm going to have to bring up a few things. Mm-hmm. And when I did, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. we had a little minor mm-hmm. explosion.
1: Yeah, we did. But mm-hmm. it was
0: really my fault because I, I there was pride there initially mm-hmm. where I just did not really take that charge to be spiritual from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I learned my lesson. Thank you, Ed, for that challenge. I, I am trying to follow it now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know this is the only thing we can really control is ourselves and and whether we're growing. Some of us have spouses that don't seem to be interested in changing or growing. Mm. And I know that can be painful. That can be frustrating. And we can get so upset with our wives or our husbands about their spirituality, their weaknesses, their quirks, their weight, their problems with money. Here's what not to do. Okay. (laughs) Is, is be super judgmental and, and just go after them in, in a real negative way. I think about, you know, one of the things I love about Pam is she's so forgiving, and she's so quick to forgive, hmm. and she doesn't keep a record of wrongs. I really appreciate that about you, babe. There was a time when um, I made an investment decision, and I had saved up some money, and I invested about $50,000 in, in something, and it just didn't seem like a great thing, right. um, but lost the money, hmm. 50000 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, right. a lot of money for us and uh, we've recovered since that time but I remember telling Pam you know it was a it was a I was like honey we lost that money it's gone and I remember you were so forgiving mm. you didn't just tell me I'm the stupidest guy in the world and what a jerk and you, you just let it go mm. and I really appreciate that about you it's just like one one more reason why I love you so
1: much oh honey thanks yeah, I mean that was that was a challenging time, and uh, but you know that nothing's going to come out of a- attacking you. Um, so yeah, no, yeah. I, I we had to work through that together. We're a team. That's right. We're you a know, total it, team. We're a total team. So yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that.
0: So let's talk about mission growth. Saving souls puts your problems in their proper perspective. It gives your marriage a larger purpose rather than simply living for the pleasures of this world. And so for many of you, you're listening to this because you want to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Right. And you want to make this life count. So right. you're listening to this. Okay. And, and you need to stick to that. Marriage mm-hmm. is not like, okay, you become married, married, and then you can just jettison the mission. Right. Mission is like essential to helping your marriage be the best it can be. Right. So don't neglect your gift. I mean, when I married Pam, I knew she was a disciple maker, and that's why I loved her so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just one of the reasons. So take risks for God. Get back into the battle. If you've if you've been not reaching out, you're not talking to people, you're not studying the Bible with people, I can tell you what, one of the best things you can do for your marriage is get involved in other people's lives.
1: Right, absolutely. Well, I, I thought it was really... Um, Sobering, I mean, even today, you know, when we were getting my new phone, um, you know, (laughs) at at Verizon, and we shared our faith with the man that helped us, and for him to just open up and share that, you know, he had lost a a family member a year ago.
0: Right, a twin brother.
1: A twin brother. And it was so sobering, because I can feel like it's easy, even for me right now, to feel like, oh, hey, listen, I can give you, you know... five things right now that are not going well that I could really um, get overwhelmed or sad about. But boy, when you get involved in other people's lives, it, it just you just go, whoa, man, I have so much to be grateful for. Exactly. We, we have a, a message, something to help people. And so, yeah, absolutely. Just being able to work together to help other people, it just, it strengthens your marriage.
0: Right. So if you're single, look for someone who's committed to the mission right. and committed to God. I mean, just those things go hand in hand. Mm. That's, that's what matters. I mean, you, you want to, to marry someone who definitely shares your vision of the world yeah. and your sense of mission. And if you're already married and you're older, r- remember this runners speed up in the second half. They don't slow down. There's always <laughs> a kick at the very end. Yeah. And I love that about Roger Bannister. There's that, that poster of him breaking the four minute mile and you can see him crossing the tape and he's just gassed. I mean, he's just, he's given it all. And that's how I want to finish my life. I want to finish mm-hmm. my life with Pam feeling like, hey, we gave it all yeah. till the day we died. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't just decide, okay, we're, we're retiring at 45 and just coasting, <laughs> coasting into heaven. Right. And I think we've done that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we've just made a decision. We're going to keep on focusing on the mission. And whether that's a mission planting in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. or when we led uh, in Seattle or going to Japan on mission, coming back, planting a church in Ashland, Oregon, planting a church in Tucson, getting another church going in Flagstaff, Flagstaff last year. It's, it's our mission, and it, right. it keeps, keeps things exciting.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, it does. It's not easy. It's not easy to have to uh, start over, um, but God's really blessed it, and I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Taking those risks, it, it, it's so important, and when you're on the same page, when you're passionate about doing it together, yeah. Uh, it just, it really, it strengthens your marriage. Yeah.
0: So here's my, here's my friendly challenge to you is have some time with your spouse. Maybe you're listening in the car, you're listening, you know, as you're doing some work around the house, but take some time with your, your wife or your husband and ask, how are you doing? How, how are you guys really doing? Are, are there the signs, the warning signs, the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse right. What warning signs are you seeing? Maybe it's not that bad, but you go, you know, there's some things we really need to work on. Is there anything that needs to be apologized
1: for? Mm, That's a good one.
0: And how are you trying to grow? Right. You know, are there some knots that you've set up where it's like, I'll change once that person changes. Mm. Talk to them about it. And Pam and I want to do this series, this three-part series on rock solid relationships. And we really want to help you. We're not marriage counselors. We're not professionals. We're not psychiatrists Mm -hmm. or psychologists. We're just sharing from our lives what's helped us to enjoy a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. And next time we're going to be talking about building a rock solid friendship. So I hope this episode helped you to take a look and build a rock solid foundation on Christ, his mission, and his purpose. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.